Welcome to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us again, Christian. Uh, this is uh, you're actually you're the first you're the first guest to come onto the podcast for the second time. So, What's an honour? Uh, <laughs> very. I'm very proud to uh, to have come back a second time, and hopefully this doesn't see the uh, the listenership uh, plummet. <laughs> I'm sure. It, I'm sure. It, hopefully, it won't. Eh? You know what I mean. But if if it does, then we know uh, we know who to come and. We see. know who to blame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah last time last time we were together um we were, we actually met up in London which was really nice um and uh, had a had a um a good chat about uh, about slips and trips and you spoke about times and. And, and and lots and lots of other stuff, but but there's been there's been a big big change in uh, in 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 the environment, in the market, in you know COVID. Why, has come why? Along. What's what's happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so you know, you I, I noticed you were um you were actually recognised, weren't you, for being for pivoting your business? And um you know mm. there was a um what, what what was that? What publication was that in? That was that was in uh, Entrepreneur Magazine. Mm-hmm. So there's a guy called Daniel Priestley who I'm a big fan of, and and we're we're doing some work. We're a client of theirs, effectively. Uh, he's all about um, entrepreneurship and growing your business and doing good in the world and focusing on um, sort of personal branding and and positioning yourself in the marketplace as the what he calls the key person of influence mm-hmm. um and so he's got loads of clients that are uh, entrepreneurs and do you know all sorts of weird and wacky things um and he writes for entrepreneur magazine and he he um uh, picked up on the fact that he'd done a bit of a pivot as, as a number of his other clients had and he, he um mentioned us uh on that which was which was nice so can you can you explain a bit about you know what you you know what you actually did then? How did you how did you what what were you doing before and how have you had to change the uh, the sort of business to what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. So I mean, we every man and his dog seems to be uh, offering uh, coronavirus cleaning uh, at the moment. If you look at LinkedIn anyway, it's full of everybody in their Ghostbuster suits and mm-hmm. uh, doing all of this stuff. And I'm sure we'll get onto some of the the, the detail and the myth busting around that um, soon anyway. But uh, it, it wasn't too much of a shift for us from the perspective of, you know, we've always uh, been involved in doing deep cleaning, particularly in leisure centers and places like that, where uh, it's the aesthetics and it's the safety and the hygiene are all wrapped into one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've been cleaning showers and changing rooms and testing um, the hygiene levels before and after cleaning for years. Um, but we never uh, formally bundled that up into a, a package it was just something that we kind of did um, mm-hmm. alongside the work that we were doing anyway mm-hmm. uh, and and obviously until everything that's happened you know we uh, we saw and we felt that the the sort of slip safety angle was was more unique and more interesting to mm-hmm. people and had more traction with people than saying it's going to be hygienically clean mm-hmm. uh, whereas obviously now that's kind of fundamentally shifted and and, and all of a sudden you know people are uh, washing their hands uh, all the time and paranoid about cleanliness and hygiene. And so the world's in a very different place. And therefore for us, it was about actually, well, I suppose it was a pivot from the perspective more of our messaging than our, than our offering as such. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And just focusing a little bit more on that because, um, you know, at the end of the day with, with lots of buildings closed, uh, 
there aren't many uh, slips, trips and falls happening right now. Um, but obviously there's, there's a much greater need for buildings to be uh, cleaner and hygienic. Yeah, and I mean that's a big, um, you know, that's a big part of the the sort of the COVID the COVID back to work assessment. Mm. You know, is to, is to look at how you know how how hygienic the the building is and what regimes you have in place. So, are you working are you working with clients then to sort of build up or cleaning and, and hygiene programs? Then? Yeah, basically. So, so we our role is 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 twofold, I guess. It's it's to give advice, um, particularly in terms of kind of day to day maintenance and cleaning because we we don't we don't do that at all you know and we'd have no intention of of having people in a in a, in a company every day doing any work um mm -hmm. uh, and then secondly would be uh, you know us f physically helping people to maybe come in and do a deep clean and um disinfection and, and testing of the hygiene levels and kind of you know certifying that that's been done to the right sort of standard so that people have that kind of benchmark to then try and stay on top of and maintain so they're, they're the two main areas that we're helping people and then i guess what i've been trying to do over and above that is just uh put out educational content and explain to people firstly why is this important but secondly how to make sure that you're doing it properly because as i said earlier that you know there's kind of a proliferation of people saying they're doing x y and z and unfortunately, a lot of it uh, is is not uh, particularly grounded in the science, should we say, to be diplomatic. So let's go back to that first point then. Um, you know, so so why is it important? What what sort of things are you saying to to people? Well, I think there's probably two main aspects. So there's the aspect around safety. So you know, we want to make sure that our buildings are safe to use, and in in today's world, that means that. Um, you know, as much as, as reasonably practicable as always, um, mm -hmm. we're not doing things that are going to be helping the virus to spread. So, of course, there's social distancing and there's PPE and all these other things. But in terms of surfaces, I think we all know that um, the virus is most likely to transmit from people when they cough or splutter or um, have droplets of, of uh, going onto surfaces in which are then touched and then people touch their faces and so on. Mm -hmm. um, so, to have your building uh be safe and kind of know that it's safe you need to be making sure that all of these surfaces are properly cleaned and disinfected um and then stay you know you're staying on top of that on, a, on an ongoing basis um one of the big challenges that we see is that across uh, all sectors you know we we do a lot of work as we you and i spoke about before in, in leisure centers and shopping centers and blah 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 and, and um you know i've been hitting the leisure centers pretty hard with with you know you need to be cleaning is cleaning and stuff and and, and they do uh, all sectors um buildings aren't as clean as they probably could or should be and there's a variety of reasons for that but basically from a from a safety perspective you need to get up to a good standard of cleanliness and then you can maintain it whereas if you're down here uh, you know any dust or debris or contamination on the surface means that any potential virus or bacteria is going to kind of attach uh, to that the, se the second uh, reason it's important, I think, is just about confidence. So, you know, we're, we're, we now know uh, the importance of hygiene, both, both personal and of, of surfaces. And I think if you were to imagine going back to work and your uh, company, you know, your employer said, um, we've uh, had this company in to do this, and they've cleaned everything and they've disinfected and here's a video and here's the certificate and here's the 
credentials and the insurance companies that they work with and so on and so forth. That gives you as an employee or indeed as a, a user of that business, a customer of that business, a lot of confidence that they're taking it seriously and then they're being diligent and so on and so forth. Whereas, you know, if you rocked up back to work and your boss sort of said, um, yeah, I mean, it's fine because um, we've been closed for 12 weeks and the virus can't last for more than uh, two or three weeks. So we know there's no virus. That doesn't exactly instill you with a lot of confidence. So I think, you know, it's about uh, knowing you're doing the right thing, being able to look at yourself in the mirror uh, and, of course, thinking about you know, the potential ramifications of any claims that might arise in the future um, on the one hand. And on the other hand, it's about portraying that confidence out to uh, to, to, to the, the various stakeholders involved in your business, you know, staff, members of the public, et cetera, because, um, you know, we all, we all want to get back to as close to normal as we can. Mm. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what that, uh, that new normal looks like, because it's, uh, mm. it's definitely going to be a bit different to what we had. Lots of, lots of face coverings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say there's, I mean, there's, there's companies out there now that are doing uh, branded, Branded the face masks. So, yeah, there's going to be all sorts, all sorts a friend of, stuff. of A friend of mine, um, a good friend of mine from uni, he, he, um, he's got a business um, and he sells all sorts of random stuff on uh, Amazon. And I said to him, oh, you need to jump on this and create sort of, you know, kids branded face coverings and so on and so forth. But I'm not sure if he's, uh, he's, done if he's jumping on board with that. I think he's probably got, got enough on his plate anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think Amazon, uh, you know, Amazon's just gone mental, isn't it? You know, people are, mm. you know, once they've moved away from sort of shopping on the high street, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to get them back into the high street. I think you know, it's so easy. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. I don't know about you, but I, I found the first sort of two weeks probably of lockdown the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I've kind of just got used to it. You know, I've, I've, I've gone from uh, being out and about pretty much all the time and doing lots of steps and, you know, and so on and so forth and lots of interactions to uh, doing what we're doing and sitting at home and, uh, chatting on zoom but actually i think um this will be the way of the world in a lot of cases i think you know people are going to be um you know in terms of like a risk assessment of a return to work well do you need to go to work or can you work from home well i think we've kind of proven as a as a world that we can mostly work from home in 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 many cases now mm. um yeah i think um i think you're right i think you know, what we're looking at is definitely a sort of like a, a blended approach. So, you know, where I used to go to to site to do everything, you know, I'm probably going to maybe do 50, 60 percent of the of the stuff remotely. But there's yeah, still yeah. there's still stuff that you need to do face to face. And yeah, you know, and I think, you know, for me, doing a risk assessment, you know, in, a, in an office, you know, without getting involved with the people that are doing the job would be would be awful. You know, and I, yeah. just to, you know, I just want to be out there and, you know, and working with the people that, are, that have got the answers, you know. So. I think you do pick up more, don't you, when you go and visit a site. I mean, I've seen a couple of the insurers are doing these kind of um, virtual uh, surveys through phones and things where, you know, mm-hmm. you they sit on their laptop and you, the client, walk them around the building and, and, and show your phone here or there and, and whatever. And I think I think that could probably be useful if let's say, you know, it was an existing um, client of theirs that they were looking to do a renew- renewal on and they just wanted to check that nothing had changed. And I'm sure yeah. that probably could be the same for you. You know, if, if somebody you've been working with for years and you know their business quite well, something like that could be of value. But I don't think you can necessarily replace that first visit because you, you get so much more out of 
being there and and seeing it and you just notice things that you might not notice um through That's photographs right. or videos <laughs> i think you know um you know from a from a health and safety perspective you know there's different there's different stuff that you you need to do you know there's this there's there's the people okay and you've got to train and develop them or you can do you can do some of that online there's no doubt about that but uh, but i also think there's an element of face to face the workplace you know the physical conditions yep you can you can have a go you can you can try and use use uh phones but i think you know to, to really you know to really get to the nitty-gritty i think you know if i'm if i'm walking around a quarry say something like that mm-hmm. i think i'd like to i'd like to get up close and personal to guarding and make sure it's not just in place but it's actually fitted yeah, yeah. securely but i think from a compliance side to so looking at the systems and the processes and the procedures and that kind of stuff i think there's there is a lot that you can do you know there's you know there's a lot of stuff you can do remotely and uh yeah, and, and you know, you know, is your is your fire risk assessment in date or your noise survey in date? That kind of stuff. Cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. That was inside. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because I've noticed a couple of uh, the kind of health and safety consultancies in the hospitality world have been promoting a um, COVID secure certification or something, some sort of thing you can stick on the the window of your restaurant, let's say. And um, I sort of pushed back a little bit on on some of that because I said, well, look, how can you possibly, uh, and they're saying it can be done remotely, how, how can you possibly uh, know without going to a site and actually doing some testing of the hygiene levels, whether their mm-hmm. cleaning and hygiene is actually is working well? Yes, mm-hmm. of course, you can look at the theory of it, yeah. um, but that, that isn't the same as, uh, you know, actually looking at it properly. And I'm sure, as you say, there are lots of other aspects that they can do remotely. Mm. Um, but it's just it's important that we you know as always i suppose with with safety and risk you know we don't kind of overstretch and say Mm. we can do certain things that we probably can't do because then you end up going back to my point about confidence you probably give people a bit too much confidence and then that's when um accidents or incidents or issues can happen yeah, no, definitely. So, so you, um, you know, I think the the second point that you raised earlier on that we we sort of we went all over the place after that. Yeah. But, um, this this confidence, you know, you sort of brought it back nicely. There is is so important because you know because people are going to be really concerned. You know, they've been they've been at home. They they may have people at home that uh, that that are vulnerable, and um, you know, and all of a sudden they're having to go back into this uh, into this workplace or the mm-hmm. you know this environment or the gym or the school or wherever it may be. So, so you know, I really get what you're saying there about, about giving people the confidence to, uh, yeah, yeah. to to actually come back, come back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just think you know we're not going to go from being in hygiene lockdown and hygiene house arrest effectively to going back to normal and accepting, you know, the 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 the, the grubby restaurant toilets that we see everywhere um, and the greasy tabletops in the cafes. And the uh, body fat staining in the in the shower uh, grout lines in the gyms, you know, it, it, people aren't going to accept that because they're going to they're going to walk in and they're going to think, you know, what are these guys? What have these guys been doing for the last three months? Why, why haven't they been on top of this? And if they're getting this wrong, you know, how can how can we feel safe in, in this environment? So I do think, you know, it's really really, um, you know, arguably the the uh, confidence the perception piece is more important than is it properly clean or not because mm-hmm. you know um with the best will in the world you can't keep every surface hygienically clean at every second of the day 
but can you keep every part of your building um, aesthetically to a, to a high enough standard that people perceive it as being clean? Well, yeah, you probably can. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that's easier to deliver uh, and, and probably has a bigger effect than than you know doing swab testing and all this other stuff every five minutes. Mm. Yeah, because you know that um, you know that that whole aspect there of uh, you know is the fact that it's a, it is a moving beast, isn't it? You know, we uh, you know you don't know the the person that's in front of you or the person at the side of you what what condition they're in, and <laughs> um, you know, and I suppose until we get um, you know some kind of uh, um, vaccine or, or whatever it may be, which may never come. You know, I don't think it did for, for SARS, did it? They never, they never actually developed one in the end. No. Then, um, you know, then we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to do things, uh, do things a little bit differently. So you say, you, you say you go into, um, you know, you go into business, then you get this, you get this deep clean sorted out. So then, what sort of advice then are you giving to to organisations to to maintain those levels? Then, how does that, how does that work? So we're, what we're sort of saying to people is, is you can't go back to business as, as usual when it comes to um, cleaning. So um, if, if you, uh, I did a post about this on, on, on LinkedIn actually uh, recently. If, if, if you look at, uh, spoke to a business owner, particularly in a, in a customer facing a business, a business to consumer business and said, is cleanliness important? They would all say yes. And the customers would say yes as well. So, you know, 90% of gym users and, 75% of restaurant users and 85% of hotel users will all say, you know, are the degree to which we'll do business with somebody will be affected by how clean their facilities are. Um, but what we have seen in the past is that whilst cleanliness is valued, cleaning, which remember is the mechanism to achieve cleanliness, has been massively undervalued and underinvested and, and delivered poorly. Um, and that's not to knock cleaning companies far from it. Um, and I've just done an interview actually with a guy uh, called Mike Boxall and he does uh, FM benchmarking. And we got into this in a lot of, a lot of detail, but um, it's not the cleaning company's fault. If the, if the client uh, wants to pay a bronze price, um, yep. they're, they're, they're not going to get a gold standard for a bronze price. Mm. Um, but cleaning in the past has been, you know, does it look okay? And that's basically, does it look okay? And is it, is it cheap enough? That's, that's, you know, pretty much not everywhere, of course, but mm. the vast majority, that's how cleaning has been dealt with and, and how it's been perceived. Whereas now I think people need to move on to a, a slightly more scientific uh, way of assessing how effective their, their cleaning is. And, and this will be useful both in terms of the outcomes they achieve, but also, as we say, in, in terms of, any defensibility against any complaints or any claims or any um, prosecutions, you know, that, that we hope won't arise, but, but probably will at some point for, to, to some people. So we, we talk about, um, uh, we've gone away, we've, we've still got our chimes model, which I know you liked in terms of yeah. slips, but we've developed a few more now around, around acronyms and models and things. So um, I, I talk a lot about kind of what I call 3D cleanliness. So um, measuring and monitoring three, three aspects. One is standards, and that's uh, subjective. So how does it look? How does it feel? And what does it smell like? Uh, so, you know, does it look clean? Um, it, it, you know, that, that's subjective, of course, but, yeah. you know, you've got to try and figure out to get things as clean as they can be aesthetically. Uh, the touch is important. So, again, going back to the cafe, if you have a greasy tabletop, um, in a cafe or, or a coffee shop, or whatever you kind of you know that that's a bit 
icky and not very nice and and with our new understanding of the fact that a surface can't be hygienic unless it's clean you just know that that surface is is unsafe and therefore that's not a good thing uh, and then smell obviously is a very visceral reaction and probably the first thing that people would would notice walking into a building yep. even before how it looks so that's mm -hmm. one um one aspect second is the hygiene level and there are ways of, of measuring the level of, of hygiene on a surface so again it's moving away from uh does it look okay does it look clean to is it actually clean and, and i like to use the analogy of um an operating theater so if you were being wheeled in for an operation and you saw the surgeon uh, spitting on his handkerchief and wiping down the scalpel with with his handkerchief uh, you would be pretty reluctant to be knocked out and, and go under the knife uh, whereas if you if you were wheeled in and the scalp he'd already just done that but the scalpel was lying on the on the table it would look clean but looking clean and being properly clean are not not the same thing mm -hmm. uh, and the third thing you can you can look at is and this is relating to floors uh, is obviously the slip resistance and, and just as a uh, floor can look clean but be full of germs bacteria and be unhygienic a floor can look aesthetically clean but be slippery when wet because of you know invisible residues um etc so you can you can look at that as a triangle and try and tick all those boxes mm -hmm. and that's a way of trying to ensure uh that your cleaning regime is is actually robust and is actually being effective and getting the outcomes that you want so i think that's how that's how people have got to start moving uh forward now to mm -hmm. uh to, to, to to gain and retain the the confidence of their staff and their customers so are there some, I mean, you know, that, I think, you know, for that, the, uh, you know, I think the first one is, is quite easy to, to get that perception of the, the look, the feel and the smell. But once yeah, you get, yeah. start getting down to things like the hygiene level and the, uh, and the slip yeah. resistance, yeah. it gets a little bit more technical, doesn't it? So is there, yeah, are there absolutely. some simple hygiene level? Is there, is like, is there like a litmus test, you know, where you can, you can put something on yeah, and then it gives you a, a, a yeah, figure or a colour? There's a, there's a product that I like uh, called Fresh Check. And that this, uh, if, I don't know if you're familiar, Colin, with ATP tests um, that, are, that are quite common in the food industry. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a way of measuring the same, um, the same uh, stuff effectively as, as an ATP test mm -hmm. uh, in terms of level of microorganisms and so on the surface and so on. And obviously, the fewer microorganisms, you know, the less bacteria and, and, yep. and so on. Um, but this is 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 literally a little spray bottle. So um you spray it onto a surface and if the surface is is um, hygienic then the liquid doesn't change color whereas okay. if it's not very hygienic it changes color so it's a very very quick and easy you know it's not the sort of test that you would um you wouldn't sign off a disinfectant for safe use in the uk on the basis of this test no. but it's a very good useful practical test for people to use themselves that's inexpensive and, and basically foolproof to use mm -hmm. um so i think that is that's what i've been suggesting people people do you know if they've got atp tests then of course they can use those but this will yeah. give you a, a good barometer and kind of what i've what i've been saying to people is that you know you should uh when it comes to your cleaning you know try try a method try a process and then and then see does it does it tick the boxes in those three areas or two of the three areas or whatever but mm -hmm. does it tick the boxes um particularly with the hygiene uh, test if you if you do that uh, if it if it doesn't if it doesn't then you need to try something else until you and iterate until you find something that does work and once you found something that works 
again, you can document that and evidence it. Uh, and then that's sitting there in your back pocket, uh, you know, whether that's then a customer complaint or it's uh, whatever, you've got that evidence that you've done this in a, in a thorough and professional and robust way. So you're looking, um, you know, you're looking for, I suppose, businesses that have, that have got that, that sort of food interface, you know, they've got the, uh, the, you know, the sort of the gym, that, that cleanliness side of things. You know, is that where you're sort of you're 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 asking people to do that more detail, or, or would you be expecting people who are, are running an office and maybe they've got a, a touch point that is that you know doors and all that that are regularly opened? Or, you know, how, how I think um, I think look, everybody's you know you, you can't expect uh, every environment in every sector to be um, medically sterile. So that's mm -hmm. the starting point. You know, that's just not feasible it's not reasonable it's not practicable at all um it, is it reasonable that somebody running an office uh, looks at this in a fair bit of depth and actually understands the difference between cleaning sanitizing and disinfecting uh, and double and ch tries to check their processes to mitigate the risk as much as possible by ensuring that their surfaces are clean and, and, and free of, of um of viruses and bacteria well i think that that probably is reasonable in the world that we're living in i think the definition of um of what's reasonable when it comes to hygiene is is probably you know the bar has been raised yeah. uh, in the last uh few months so i think you know that that people um if you stop to hunt you know not that not that you'd have it now but I, I like to think about you know if you were standing on a high street and you stopped 100 people and you said, and you asked them that question, is that reasonable or not? Which, which kind of in a, if you ever got to a court of law, it's that kind of, you know, it's a, ju a jury of your peers, is that reasonable? And I think they, the majority would say, yeah, that is, that is reasonable. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's, it's horses for courses, but I, but I do think that we should all be trying to up our games when it comes to this. And not just this, you know, this is only one aspect of, 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 of being COVID secure or whatever buzzword is, is being used at the moment. Um, but, but yeah, I think we've all got a responsibility to do the best we can because, you know, the, the challenge with this of course, is that it's, you know, it's a devastating uh, illness that is, um, you know, unchecked is going to rampage through society. And whilst you and I might get it and we might be fine, that doesn't mean that we've not been part of a chain that's going to pass it on to, to someone else who's gonna who's gonna might die so it's you know we we've really got to take this seriously no definitely and um you know the last point you were talking about there then the slip the slip resistance mm. you know so again can you can you sort of expand on, <clears throat> on that a little bit then what the, you know how does that how does that work i know you talked about it you know last time we were together yeah. can you explain that again yeah sure so if if you think about let's say a uh, a kitchen floor, you know, a commercial kitchen floor, and uh, you walk in there and, and it looks a bit greasy because it's at the end of the day. Um, you could get a, a mop and a bucket out with some hot, hot water from the tap and you could mop that floor and probably remove the visible layer of grease on the floor. So if you looked at that, just the top of that triangle and said, you know, how does it look? Well, it looks better. Mm -hmm. um, it, it might still feel greasy or whatever, but if you just say, well, solely based on how does it look, oh, it looks better. Um, but if you were to uh, either test the hygiene on that floor or in this case, test the slip resistance of that floor, what you would see is that the floor is still full of residues, which perhaps are invisible to the naked eye uh, or, or it's just kind of um, 
evenly dirty such that it looks okay but it but actually isn't and it's not until you clean it that, that you know so how how slippery a floor is um is a good barometer for how clean it is and if i look over the years at the um hundreds or, or thousands of, 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 of well it would be thousands actually of, of floors i was going to say buildings but definitely floors um that i've slip tested and, and looked at this you know i would say well over 50 percent of issues with floors being slippery are, are down to uh, at least in part uh, ineffective cleaning regimes so in other words a more effective clean that is is properly cleaning you know, the surface the slip resistance will be better than a, an ineffective cleaning regime so it's just another way another way of sense checking and it's a it's a scientific way of quantifying um versus again the subjectivity of does it look okay does it smell okay does it feel okay um and just adding something in that you know particularly in environments that are uh, at a high risk of a slip happening such as a an entrance area or a kitchen or a hotel bedroom or a leisure club or whatever um, might just be worth adding into the uh, to the armory so you're gonna so you know when you come in and do your uh, do your slip test and maybe do your deep clean you know you're you're gonna have some you're gonna have some I wouldn't say fancy equipment, but you'll have some equipment to do it. You'll have some chemicals that you use, yep, yep. you know, that, that, that aren't, that aren't going to be as available for, for, for the owner of the, of the, of the building or the company. No. So, so what sort of, yep. you know, what sort of things should they be doing then to, to maintain that, that good slip resistance? You know, and I know every floor is different, but there might, I'm sure there must be some sort of general, general guidance that you could give. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to floors and, and cleaning, and this will this will both be be helpful to maintain aesthetics and hygiene, but also um, the safety. Um, we've got another another nice acronym called ROTAS, R-O-T-A-S. Okay. Uh, so so good cleaning of particularly of any surface, but let's let's look at it in the context of floors. Comes down to R, which is regularity. So how often are you cleaning it? Uh, o is organization. So by this, we mean kind of management. So do you know what outcomes you want to achieve? And are you managing that process to ensure it's being mm. followed properly? T is time. So how much time are we physically allowing to do the work? So there's no point giving somebody a 10,000 square meter floor and five minutes to clean it because that's physically impossible mm -hmm. uh, to do. A is the ability. So this is all about the staff. So are they are they skilled? Are they trained? Are they motivated properly to do a good job? Mm -hmm. um, and S is the system. So are we equipping them with the right stuff to do the right to do to do this properly? Um, so if you overlay that with our with our model of the three D cleanliness, you know you can see how that's a, that's a really good um, in, sort of interactive tool. Mm -hmm. Follow this process. Try these things. Check them on the check them on the uh, the three D cleanliness model. And, and see that they're working. Um, so that's the kind of framework, I suppose, that I would suggest people go down uh, and try and get all these things kind of right. Um, but it, it, in very simple terms on floors, you know, um, you're going to need some kind of agitation of the floor, maybe not every day, um, but, but at least periodically, and some kind of extraction of dirt from the floor, because um, cleaning, remember, is the removal of contamination. Yep. Whereas if you think about, let's say, just running a traditional Kentucky mop over, over and over a floor day in and day out, you're not really re you're not really removing much. You're just spreading um, mm -hmm. spreading stuff around. 
I like the analogy of your dishes at home. So if you, if you haven't got a dishwasher and you've got very uh, grubby dishes after dinner, mm-hmm. what do you do? Well, you stick them in to soak in the sink. Yep. Um, and, and that's the equivalent. And, and, and that's so that the detergent can help to sort of loosen the, the dirt. And then you rinse them under the tap. And the actual cleaning bit of that is the rinsing under the tap. It's not <laughs> worth putting them in the, in the detergent solution. And so mm-hmm. cleaning a floor is the same thing. You can... Mm-hmm mop on or or um use a, a machine or spray on or whatever some chemical and you can spread that around on the floor but actually in, until you extract it and remove it from the floor in some way whether that's rinsing it or vacuuming it up or something you're not actually cleaning um mm. so, so just thinking about you know at least periodically that kind of uh, that kind of approach um is is kind of be what you should be you should be thinking about adding in because in a lot of cases, that probably doesn't happen. This is this is a hard floor, of course. We're talking about. Yeah, no, that's right. And then I suppose the um, the frequency of uh, of of doing that deeper clean just increases, them, you know, a bit, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. But that, that's going to depend on, of course, the floor type and the environment and the footfall and the contamination and all these other all these other factors. It's not a sort of one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, but um, it'd be much easier if it was. Um, but yeah, I think I think if we compare, you know, the olden days, let's say, as in January to <laughs> to now, um, and moving forward, we will we will see uh, more more sort of deeper cleaning going on. Mm. Um, but but I would say as well that you know we need to we need to be careful about our words when it comes to this because lots of companies I've seen talking about we're going to be deep cleaning five times a day and doing things like this. Uh, or you know, a school we're going to close early on a Friday to do a deep clean, um, and actually, uh, well, what does a deep clean? In my mind, obviously, as I'm a quite a geek about this and a bit, a bit of a specialist in this area, a clean is a usually intensive uh, clean requiring lots of uh, a lot of people, a lot of time, uh, specialist equipment, you know, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, being being monitored and tested to ensure it's effective. Um, so we, we, we should just try to be careful about, um, saying we're, we're doing, uh, we're doing deep cleaning when we're not, we don't want to be mm-hmm. relying on, uh, again, we don't want to give ourselves false confidence or our customers or our staff false confidence that we're, that we know we're doing this, uh, or we feel we're doing it well when actually we're not. So I think trying to back this up with some kind of science, um, to at least show an evidence that, you know, what we're doing is effective. Um, has got to be on the list somewhere for people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, it's 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 from what you're saying there, it's just about getting that consistency, isn't it? Just a you know, even little and often, you know, is is so much better. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I work with some businesses, and they have um, you know, they they have parts of their business that are that nobody's got any real ownership of, I suppose. You know, and, and let me give you, you know, I work in the quarrying industry a little bit, and um. And sometimes there'll be a there'll be a toilet that the drivers use, you know, and, and nobody uh, nobody ever really took ownership, and it, it was a pretty yeah. a pretty grim place. And 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 that's the things that have got to change, you know. People have got to take ownership of those areas, and you know, and put this put this process in place. Yeah, and look, mo- most um, most buildings don't need super duper extensive deep cleaning as such. You know, they mm. need to be properly cleaned, effectively cleaned, but that isn't. Um, a hugely in- labor-intensive thing to do. It's just a question of doing it 
diligently and, and appropriately. Um, you know, if you think about um, a restaurant, for example, you know, the, the kitchen, that, that probably does need a bloody good deep clean. Uh, mm -hmm. The toilets maybe need a bloody good deep clean. But 95% of the restaurant doesn't need a, a deep clean as such. It just needs a thorough clean, yep. a hygiene clean, and then uh, probably some sort of disinfection. And then it's a case of staying on top of that. And the staying on top of it is not laborious from the perspective of what you need to do. Um, it's just, again, the diligence and the right frequency. And I think critically, you know, record keeping. Because um, if you ever get involved in any um, personal injury claims, you know, whether it's manual handling uh, or slips or whatever it might be, a lot of this comes down to the record keeping of, you know, have you got the training sheets and have you got the tick boxes to prove that it was done at a certain time? And, and that's where people uh, often fall down. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's just more emphasis on on doing it properly um, and understanding that, that, you know, properly might not be the way it's been done in the past. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to employ 10 new cleaners to do it properly because you might be able to do it with exactly the same uh, team that you've always had, but it's just that you're refocusing them, uh, retraining them, uh, and remotivating them to do mm. the job uh, effectively rather than ineffectively. Hey, I like <coughs> Sorry, I like that. And I think, you know, that, that point that you made at the end there, you know, it, it's so important to involve the people who are part of the business in how it is that you're going to move forward because you're, you're going to be relying on those people to, you know, to, to, to make the, the right calls when, uh, you know, when, uh, when something happens. And especially, I suppose, if there's things like spillages and things like that, it's, you know, it's having that good process in place to manage these, these events, these adverse events that are coming along. Yeah, and thinking about sort of dynamic risk assessment as well. So, you know, your cleaning staff are on the front line of, of battling this virus as they have been throughout. And it's been great to see uh, recognition, you know, from, from even the prime minister and people like that about the importance that cleaning staff uh, are playing. But, you know, if, if something happens and they see something that doesn't look quite right, you know, it's about empowering them to make that dynamic risk assessment and say, well, actually, we're going to close this area off or, you know, I'm at least going to close it off and call somebody over that can make the proper decision and say, look, this is what's happened. This is what I think we need to do. Okay, well, let's move, let's move forward because it's, again, it's, we're not in a kind of just cleaning world anymore. Cleaning is now your best defense against the spread of this virus. It's your best way of safeguarding your reputation, which is your biggest asset. Uh, and it's the best way of keeping people's confidence in, in your business. So we've got to look at cleaning as, the, the the vitally important um, function that, that it always has been, but it hasn't always been perceived that way. Christian, that's uh, that's that's great. You know, thank you. Uh, you know, thank you ever so much for uh, you know for that for that insight. You know, I think it's uh, you know it's been it's been fascinating listening to you talking and and you know and about uh, just about this different emphasis you know that we have to make and you know and I really appreciate that. How can people how can people get hold of you? Um, uh, thank you, Colin. Thanks for it. Could I, could I just make one final point before we Just one point that I think is really important that we didn't quite get to, which is that um, <laughs> we, we just, we just want to make sure that, again, it's all about effectiveness. And what I'm seeing quite a lot of is these, is these kind of pictures on LinkedIn or Facebook of uh, people dressed up in their Ghostbusters outfits and going in and fogging buildings and saying that this is going to do X, Y, and Z. And you just need to be really, really careful that 
what's being done is effective and it's backed up with some sort of science. So you can't disinfect a surface or even sanitize a surface unless you clean it first. So if somebody's coming in and waving around a sprayer and spraying disinfectant everywhere, they're not totally wasting their time, um, but they're, they pretty much are wasting their time because any dust, any grease, any whatever, any contaminant, any contamination on any of these surfaces is going to mean that that disinfectant isn't going to work. And therefore you're not getting as the client and the building owner or manager, what you think you're getting. So you've got to just make sure uh, that, that there's a diligent cleaning process followed by a sanitization or a disinfection. So that's just one of the really key points that I wanted to, uh, to make. So sorry to. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. I'm sure we, uh, well, I don't think we, we won't bother editing it. I think it was a really, uh, a really good point that you phrased there. So, uh, so thanks. Okay. Uh, yeah, thanks um, for and, and in terms of contacting me, uh, link, LinkedIn is a, is a great way. So if, if you, uh, if you did a search for Christian Harris, uh, slip, that's probably the easiest way and I'll, and I'll come up. Mm-hmm. Um, web website, a uh, couple of websites. Now there's the slip safety services website, which is, uh, slipsafety.co.uk and um, we've also got a dedicated website to the kind of decontamination cleaning side of the business which is uh, decontaminationcleaning.co.uk so any any of those ways of getting in touch would be great that's fantastic thank you ever so much Thanks for listening to the Interest in Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.